Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When beloved oligarch Roman Abramovich sold Chelsea last year, fans were unsure what the future held. I don't know, Alex, but all I know is this is abysmal. But the reality was far worse than they could ever have possibly imagined. Since white two sugar daddy Todd Bowley took over, it's been an absolute shit show. Todd, you fucked up. This week, we're discussing Chelsea's season from hell. A never-ending stream of transfer flops and clueless ideas. You know, you think you could do a North versus South you know, all-star game for Premier League. Welcome to The Upshot, a podcast spilling gossip, controversy and drama from the world of sport. My name's Jack Rivlin, I'm from The Upshot, and joining me today are The Upshot, Zachary Sweeney-Lynch. Hello, Jack. Hello, mate. And Chelsea season ticket holder, JP Lockwood. Hello, fellas. Hello, mate. You're not, you're not just a season ticket holder, JP, aren't you a, a member of the notorious headhunters firm? Whilst I don't condone football violence, <laughs> and whilst I'm not a Chelsea headhunter for any of my mates in the shed, I did get banned for six months when I was 18. Well, you're going to have to tell us why. <clears throat> okay, so me and my dad get tickets for Everton away, and um, it's a coach there and back. We get to the stadium, I've had about four or five pints and we get in and I'm, I'm pretty leery. Um, you won't remember this, but John Terry ends up getting sent off, two-footed challenge on Leon Osman. We clear out the state uh, downstairs into the galley and start drinking again and the clips come up on all the um, plasma TVs. So I just, I don't know why I did it, but I end up just chucking a pint glass at this telly. <laughs> Plasma falls off the wall. What? Oh, right. hell. Smashes into a million pieces. And the next thing I know, I've got four stewards on me, right? But I'm not with my dad. So I get chucked out of the stadium and he goes back up and watches the second half. And I thought, oh, do you know what? While I'm out here, I might as well just have a few pints. So I go over the road, have a few pints. And I'm, I'm absolutely bladdered by this stage. And I'm obviously, you know, like Larry as hell. Get to the coach after the game. My dad's like, right, what's the matter with you? And I was like, oh, God, you know, I've been kicked out. Is that all right? Let's just get on the coach. Driver, get up to the stairs. He goes, you're too intoxicated, mate. You're not coming home. So it's the 23rd of December. It's freezing cold. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no other way we're going to get home here. And I'm like, mate, you're going to have to get me on that coach. He's like, you're not coming on. Again, I don't know really how that happened, but it was just this moment of red and I ended up in a scrap with a driver. <laughs> <laughs> next thing I know I'm in cuffs and in the back what? of his car and I'm like fucking hell my dad's outside next thing I know the door opens my dad's in cuffs and we're both in the back of the car, <laughs> of the car. <clears throat> right so we've both been nicked it's the 23rd of December 
Um, they put us in a cell each for 24 what? hours. We, I was getting like food and water. My dad thought he was Steve McQueen. And... Uh, <laughs> We couldn't get out until we had the call with the FA, had the call with the FA, banned for six months, have to put my passport in every time England play away or Chelsea play in Europe. Oh we don't get home until like 4am on Christmas morning. <laughs> my mum hasn't really heard from us and she was just like, I was just like, oh, Merry Christmas, mum. <laughs> Oh my God. There you go. Oh my God, that is incredible. Welcome JP. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking wow, amazing. That's yeah. such a good story. I don't even know how to begin after that story, JP, but uh, given that you were restored to your status as a legal football fan, what was your reaction when Roman Abramovich sold Chelsea? Well, I think the whole sanctions thing and it becoming quite political quite quickly was just worrying for a Chelsea fan. I think they shut the megastore for like a week. I can't get the new season shorts. Um, but yeah, that was, that was actually sort of a period where we were like, oh fuck, what's going to happen here? And then it was all of these consortiums flying around to see who bought the club. And at the time, Todd was just the pick of a bad bunch. Yeah. And it turns out that Todd was the worst of a bad bunch. Do you, well, <laughs> do you think that, I mean, the other candidates, there was Nick Candy. Yeah. Who, is married to Holly Valance. Yes. Pop star of, of Naughty's fame. And what, was her, fame. what was her? What kiss, was her? Kiss, kiss. You tune. don't have to act in the sun. <laughs> we may need to edit oh, in wow. the actual <laughs> clip there. <laughs> Jim Radcliffe was the other one. Ah, uh, that would have been good. And he is, uh, he's actually a Chelsea fan. So he was actually my first choice, but apparently he came in very late with the bid. He's a Chelsea fan. Wasn't he going on about being a Man United fan when he started getting... I think it depends on which club he's buying. Yeah. He owns Nice, doesn't he? Yeah. It's his boyhood club. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, he is still potentially buying Man United, unless I'm behind the news cycle. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going through. But the reason why it was interesting is because, you know, there's this thing where clubs are buying other clubs at the moment. So, you know, City have bought other clubs in Europe to feed through. It was almost like a reverse engineer from Jim Radcliffe because we thought that because he owned Nice, it would make a good fit for him to buy a bigger club. And Are you sure is that, that's how you like to think about it? Well, sure, that, was, that was, was my rationale at the time. Chelsea's going to be Nice's feeder club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, he's assembled a pretty weird, what you call them, the ragtag Riviera yeah. the team he's got at Nice. He got older Ross Barkley. Yeah, he's got Ross Barkley. Yeah, yeah, How's yeah. that going? Uh, I don't think he's playing much. It's, about the same then for Ross Barkley. Yeah, picking up a check. Yeah, and he's got old Dave Brailsford, the cycling guru, living in a caravan at Nice's Stadium. Did you know that? <laughs> he's the sporting director and he lives in a caravan on site. Yeah. Immersed. Yeah, exactly. So that could have been you. Unfortunately, instead, the Americans came. Todd Bowley. And I think it should be, we should be fair and say it's him and Clear Lake Capital. Slightly yeah. sort of opaque hedge fund um. crew. Um, Isn't there a Swiss guy? Is that a part of that? Yeah, I find his name very hard to pronounce. Bechdad Ekbali or something like yeah. that. There we go. Well done. And I think Ekbali is probably as involved as Todd, but Todd's very much become the punching bag and the front man and yeah. everything else. Very punchable face, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's what comes out of his mouth, I think, yeah. is concerning. I mean, he was keen to make a good impression early on. Uh, and Zach, I think, is there some story involving yeah, so him in the summer? Yeah, there's a story that, I, I mean, I think when he arrived, he had this 
there was this impression of him as a sort of clueless yank. Americans in the Premier League don't have the best uh, best rep. Um, so he called apparently this recruitment meeting where he got together Thomas Tuchel and all of his backroom staff, um, and he wanted to propose his his dream starting lineup. And Tuchel apparently saw the lineup was you know a little bit annoyed by a thirty seven year old Cristiano Ronaldo up front, um, but there was a bigger problem which was that the starting lineup contained 12 players <laughs> laid out in a, in a rare four, four, three formation. Um, and I mean, I think it's important to say that Chelsea, Chelsea do deny that this happened, but it has been reported in some pretty reputable sources, including the athletic, the sun, lad Bible, um, the upshot, well, the upshot. Well, pretty downhill, pretty quickly yeah. there. Reputable. Yeah. <laughs> I think the athletic is a reliable yeah, athletic, source and yeah. the others I think picked up from them. But that, I mean, that is a terrible way to start, right? And and Thomas Tuchel is, you know, he's a fiery he's a, character. Yeah, he's a feisty character. I think apparently their their relationship went downhill pretty pretty quickly, and Bowley apparently branded Tuchel a nightmare uh, to work with. And they're just not talking pretty early on. Tuchel's yeah. just refusing to come to meetings with him. Thinks it's all a waste. Of yeah, time. apparently he 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 sends his agent to um to do recruitment meetings with, with Bowley and his management team. But I mean, Tuchel was loved going into that season. He was loved and obviously he just won as a Champions League, but I felt like our performances on the pitch, actually, if you look at the last six or seven games he was with us, were pretty terrible. Mm. Was this when yeah. you lost the FA Cup final? Yeah, that season? it sort of started to slide a little bit then. And there wasn't any unrest in the stands and I think everyone wanted that solidarity, but... Yeah, he uh, he was losing the he was losing the crowd a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Still, he still had quite a lot of credit in the bank, though. From oh. I mean, Champions League, but then also getting to League Cup final and the FA Cup. Oh final. yeah, I mean, we never in a million years did we think he was getting sacked, but it felt a little bit as a Chelsea fan that he Bodie when he came in was unpicking a lot of the Roman era right away. You know yeah. uh, what was her name, Martina. Oh, the director of sport. Yeah, she yeah. went pretty rapido. Yeah, Peter Cech as well. Peter Cech, who was like obviously fan favourite. Everyone yeah. effing loves him. Yeah, he went and played ice hockey instead. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> but he's glad he did that. Yeah. I mean, we'll come on to, there was some stuff going on off the field with Tuchel that possibly explains everything. <laughs> We're not it's allowed to say it. Well, well uh, we'll come, we'll come, we'll to, come it. on to it and we'll say as much as we can. Yeah. Come on guys, you're a controversial newsletter. <laughs> this is pretty damn controversial. <laughs> anyway, the, the two cool scenario, I guess the moment it looked like the wheels were really coming off, certainly inside his mind was the clash with Conte. Were you guys two nil up against Tottenham? Two nil up. Did it finish two all? Yeah, finished two all. Two late Tottenham goals, and they've been they've been sort of sniping between the two dugouts all game. That's right. Yeah, I mean, from from a from a fan perspective, um, anything that you you know used to like about Conte is just completely gone now. He's just a CUN, but obviously at the time, <laughs> great drama for the neutral, wasn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, but you're you're saying that from a Chelsea perspective, I guess, where he was your manager before. I guess what was the neutral perception of him going in? Just nutter. Yeah. Of Conte. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just, just a very intense bloke, really, isn't he? Great advert for hair transplants. <laughs> as bad as you say that. <laughs> yeah, we had to. Uh, and has weird rules for his players shagging. Like, what is it? The, the woman so, has to go on top is one of his rules. <laughs> I was going to say, was it something to do with, like, no shagging before football? No, he's, like, he's like quite pro. Unlike most people, he's quite pro it. But their rules, like, make as little effort as possible. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, Sounds I'm, great. I'm all for this. Sign me up. <laughs> anyway, the, the Conte Tuchel thing obviously ends in this iconic macho death grip handshake yeah. that we all remember well. And it's finished. Oh. Oh. Who's having who in a fight? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Ooh, I think Conte's I think Tuchel. Conte, yeah. 100%. So he's stocky. Like, and, he's like a bulldog, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tuchel surprises you, but he's ultimately mm, pretty mm. wiry. Yeah. The best bit is, is afterwards, obviously they both get sent off and Conte does an Instagram post later. And it's, I, not many people know about this, but he posts on Instagram that evening. Lucky I did not see you. Making you trip over would have been well deserved. <laughs> Post post co warring roadman style. <laughs> it does really look like watching that watching the video of the of the handshake back. It looks like those fights at school where nobody really wants yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, hold yeah, me yeah. back, hold, hold me back, back, hold me back. <laughs> My dad's bigger than your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think at, at this point, Bowley again is is trying to like prove prove still that he knows what he's talking about in English football, but it doesn't really go to plan when he turns up at a conference in New York. It's a, a business this. conference in New York and he makes this proposal. I mean, ultimately, I hope that the Premier League takes a little bit of a lesson from American sports and really starts to figure out, you know, why wouldn't we do a tournament, a tournament you know, with the bottom four teams? Why isn't there an all-star game? I mean, people are talking about more money for the pyramid. You know, so, you know, I think you could do a North versus South you know, all-star game for Premier League and fund whatever the pyramid needed very easily. Chelsea, West Ham, yeah, it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our Southerners together, eh, lad? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it Southern teams or is it Southern players? Both ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, Gary Lineker did a really good uh, tweet response to this being like, we already have an all-star game. It's called Internationals. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Do you yeah. think Bowley is saying these things like not expecting that footage to kind of like, he's kind of unaware, first of all, of the vitriol that's going to get on the English terraces, surely also just unaware that anyone's even going to see it. I think he's just arrogant. I think he was arrogant to how much people love football in this country and how precious it is. Mm. And him saying shit like that just immediately gets him on the wrong foot with not only Chelsea fans, but pretty much everyone in everyone. the country. You just, know? Yeah, it just shows how out of touch you are with, with European sport, really. It's just like, it's just a completely different yeah. model. Yeah. Also, you know, another thing a lot of people don't recognise is obviously Roman never said anything ever. I yeah. think the only time he ever spoke to us was when he left and he had that one statement after the UK government came out and said, obviously, you've got to sell it. But obviously... Um, Bowley has just been front and centre for the whole time. And after a while, as a Chelsea fan, you're like, can you just shut up, mate? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. Bramfish was amazing at keeping quiet. But when, after he sold, that, that story came out that Ken Bates said when he sold a Bramfish Chelsea in 2003, they were flying over London in a helicopter and they flew over Regent's Park. And Abramovich just pointed down at it and goes, oh, that's that's a great part. That, that's perfect. We'll make that our training ground. And, and, and Ken Bates is like, I, th- I think the Queen owns that. It's a royal, royal park. He goes, yeah, so, and shrugs. So he did quite a yeah. job of hiding his billionaire-ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the words, the words of a man who made his wealth buying up cherished state assets. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you're right, he was very quiet. Uh, and Bowley quite the opposite. And Bowley breaks another sacred rule of English football pretty soon afterwards. It's a game against West Ham, big game at Stamford Bridge, half time. And Tuchel's giving a really heated team talk to the players. It's, it's tense stuff. And he hears a knock at the dressing room door. 
and it's one of um, it's one of Todd Bowley's sort of lackeys. And he says, uh, "Mr. Bowley's outside with some friends," and Bowley's <laughs> standing about six feet away with a group of American friends with kids in like full Chelsea kits. And he goes, "They would love to have a quick tour of the dressing room, meet the players." <laughs> Thomas Tuchel's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Just about to give Raheem Sterling a bollock in for not making his run. He's like, yeah, do you mind, do you mind if, do you mind if the little Sally comes in yeah. and sits, sits, sits in your lap do while you do that? signing this? <laughs> I mean, that is absolutely clueless. They want a little poke about the dressing room. He, Tuchel does refuse. They don't come in. But I think that's the point where he's just like, who is this bloke? And I'm done with him. But then he gets Tuchel gets sacked a few days after that, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. So maybe that was maybe that was the final straw for Bowley as well. Yeah. It's like you know what, if yeah. you if you're not even going to let the kids in the dressing room, what kind of a callous bastard are you? JP, did you hear about that story when it happened? I didn't, but I tell you what, because of the, um, it felt like all of the uh, the Chelsea fans were really behind Tuchel at this time because of what happened with Conte. So after that match, I do remember there were started rumours flying around that he was going to get rid of them and that really created an uproar with fans because it was like Tuchel at that point was just like a star and RI type thing and obviously uh, when he was sacked, it was like this geezer doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and you were sixth in the league. I mean, that's... Yeah, Looking in hindsight, now, yeah. Take that. I read a stat at the start of, uh, at the end of the season. I think Tuchel was responsible for like 30 or 40% of our points this season. Out of those, those initial games and he got sacked in September was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage should Lampard get then? Uh, well I don't have to tell you do I single digits yeah. which time yeah. Four well, count as Everton points as well um, but three days later he does get sacked doesn't he to be fair you, you have a horrible European disaster in Zagreb but nonetheless that was uproar right yeah, massive uproar. I mean, I mean, especially where we sit, we do, there's massive Tuchel banners and everyone sort of really backs him. And afterwards it was like, well, who the hell are we going to get into this stage of the season? <laughs> and obviously Bowley had an ace up his sleeve or so. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily that all planned out pretty well. I know what to do now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now is a good time to talk about the other possible reasons for the sacking. Mm. Basically, when it, when it goes down, there are rumours quite widely reported in the press of, uh, quote, mysterious off-field reasons. We've heard the rumours. We've heard the rumours. <laughs> We've heard them. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty yeah. out there. I don't know if I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't know if I, want, to, I want to be the one to stick my neck out yeah, here. I can't and, tell uh, you how much I want to say what they are on the record, but uh, we really can't. Um, on TalkSport, Simon Jordan said that the real reason for Tuchel sacking would, quote, make people's eyes water, <laughs> which... I think he might have heard the same rumour as us. Yeah, <laughs> and that would, definitely, that would definitely make your eyes water. So it's, it's only September. It feels like it's fucking 2017. The robots have arrived. But Chelsea replace uh, Thomas Tuchel with a young knight in shining armour. It's Graham Potter from Brighton. One of the most popular managers in England at the time. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, they were thinking of him about him for England manager, weren't they? Yeah. That was like the big rumour. Which would have been Garrett. a misstep for him, I think. Well, I'll tell you what a misstep was. <laughs> <laughs> what well, we're talking missteps to Graham Potter. JP, what was what was the response to Graham Potter's arrival? So everything about him, I think we we, we liked in principle because he was so different to what we'd had before. It was it felt like stability, a foundation. You know, he plays this sort of style of football that looked great, but actually the whole thing started to fall to pieces quite quickly. Yeah, wasn't there a, was there a good start? 
Yeah, I think he had like two or three wins on the bounce. And then there was, was there a World Cup break or something like that? Or there was, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think pre-World Cup it went okay. And obviously he has his glow up at this point. Yeah. He, grow, he grows like designer stubble. He gets his hair trimmed on the Fulham Road, swaps his musty tracksuit for a blazer and a turtleneck. PE teacher just made head of back away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, boys. Do you reckon? Um, do you re- taking French lessons as well. Yeah. Now? Do you reckon? Do you reckon Todd Bowley took him down down the King's Road? Yeah, well, Todd to Bowley's uh, not exactly uh, Mister Designer, <laughs> Continental yeah, Stylish, yeah. is he? Yeah, but he's like, come on, we're uh, you know, we'll get you get you a rough around polo. And, uh, <laughs> come on, Graham, we're going to Blue Water. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Graham Potter once said it was hard to be sexy with a name like mine, which is <laughs> yeah. fair point. But his glow, his glow up, he, he does actually look really different. Yeah. He looks quite European. It's a good quote from TalkSport. They described him as the coach who's gone from plain old Potter to Fifty Shades of Graham. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I, like that. I think from a fan perspective, um, we always had a lot of the ball and we'd always play well, but we just couldn't seem to score. Like some of the stats were just nuts. It was like 70% possession, 27 shots, and we'd end up losing 2-0. Yeah. So yeah. it just felt like we had the ball a lot when you were watching us, and then all of a sudden we just, yeah, still not execute and actually score. Well, that will happen if you don't have a centre forward. Well, right? yeah, that is half the problem, yeah. isn't it? I think for me, the moment where it went from like, ah, oh, Todd Bowley's got some funny American opinions, it's it's fine, to like, this guy is taking some really mad risks here. Was the January transfer window? Yeah, right? it was a, it was a three hundred million spend, but taking the whole season spend to half a billion. So in January, Chelsea spent more than the Italian, German, Spanish and French top flights combined. And the dressing room, uh, according to The Athletic, the dressing room became so crowded that some players were changing in the corridor. I heard that. Yeah, I, I, that one. It, that one's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a managerial perspective, managing 31 um, prima donnas must be difficult and just Graham Potter just did not have the personality for it. Yeah, does know? anyone? I mean, we've seen that go wrong for so many managers. yeah. Maybe Mourinho, a bit of arrogance, but no, probably no one. And just the signings we were making were nuts, weren't it? You know, were there any? Were there, there any that you were really looking forward to? Uh, Mudrick, you know, um, was it that counter window we got <laughs> yeah. him in? Yeah, yeah, he beat yeah, Arsenal. Was, to he basically, just bought. It felt like you just bought him so that Arsenal couldn't sign him. Right? Yeah, and it was like just such a nuts amount of money to beat Arsenal for this one player, and we were like, right, he's kind of like Robin esque, mm. and he could be good, but actually, he was exactly what we didn't need. He doesn't really have any backbone. He's not going to get stuck into tackles. And, and he only played like eleven games for Shakhtar or something yeah. ridiculous yeah. like that. Seven goals, I think, single digit okay. goals. Yeah. It was a good ratio, but I mean, it was. My favourite my favorite Mudrick fact is he's got, obviously got all these awful tattoos and one of them says, Jesus is my bestie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, oh, it's great. Um, but uh, yeah, Enzo was probably our signing, but he did cost, you know, 107 million quid. He's done well, right? Yeah, I mean, he is he is the heartbeat of that team, you know, and I think he may, he may you know, I can see why we bought him for that amount of cash, but it's just a ridiculous amount of cash for a midfielder, isn't it? Jao Felix as well, what do you make of that? Uh, well, I mean, the, the debut was just like... <laughs> Yeah, you, you tell it. You tell it. You know, like you know, like when you you get called up for your school team and it's like your first game and you're proper going for it. That was like for Yao Felix's debut. He was just everywhere. He was just the busiest bloke on that pitch, and then unfortunately just gets himself sent off. Yeah, he was playing well. He really yeah, was. He was yeah. yeah, Graham Potter's had his fingers burned by billionaires splashing the cash before. Not not a lot of people know this. He made his name in Sweden. 
at a site called uh, Ostersund. Oh, yeah, I saw this. And the owner was a guy called Daniel Kindberg, and they took them from, like, the fourth tier. They were amateur, right? Yeah, I think he was there for seven years and took them from the amateur fourth division in Sweden up to, like, the quarterfinals of the Europa League or something. They beat Arsenal, beat Galatasaray. Amazing Um, journey. Amazing journey. Real fairy tale. Yeah, but But. it did turn out that their huge transfer war chest had come from money being siphoned off from the Swedish taxpayer. And Kinberg, I think he was jailed. He was jailed, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then Ossesund's got immediately relegated. <laughs> R.I.P. So it wasn't quite the, it wasn't quite the Graham Potter fairy tale that, uh, he'd, he'd have you know. I mean, I wonder whether Bowley looked at that though and was sort of like, well, he's done it. He's done it at Ostersunds and maybe he can replicate that. <laughs> can he do it on a wet, windy night in <laughs> yeah. Malmo in the Arctic Circle? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because another Todd clueless moment pops up around this time. There's been the big transfer spend and there's quite a lot of debate about like, is this guy a genius? Because remember he had that eight year contract thing as well. Everyone's like, maybe this guy's a genius or maybe this is a nightmare experiment that's going to go really wrong. And it started to look even worse. Bowley had a meeting with loads of football agents, I guess, as you do as a club owner. And he, he had them all together and they all had one question for him, which was just Todd what are you doing here? Your side are in mid-table. How are you going to pay for all these players in the long run with financial fair play, blah, blah, blah. And and Todd says, well, it doesn't matter. We're in the Champions League every year. You know, that brings tens of millions in TV money. We'll use it to, we'll use that to pay for the transfers. And they were all saying, well, you're not going to be in the Champions League next year. And he goes, no, no, we're nonsense. We're in it every year. We have an automatic place as a major <laughs> European club. And they're like, no, no, mate. So Todd sort of wanders out of his office and goes to speak to his his team of, of guys and then returns and goes, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right yeah, about that one. Yeah. <laughs> no automatic spot. Considering we're in 10th, we're <laughs> unlikely to, to do it. Again, as a Chelsea fan, when you hear stories like that, are you just like, that's bollocks. I'm not having that. It's just embarrassing. And if it is the case, and I'm not 100% sure if that is true, but if it is, it is genuinely embarrassing that the owner of your football club doesn't know that. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's one of the ones where I'm like, 50-50, whether that's true. It certainly feels true. I can see why. We should, yeah, we should say this. The source was Pop Bitch, which uh, <laughs> is, is, you know, they, they, they get some pretty, pretty big scoops and I don't know, I, I would I would trust it. Yeah, you um, either, if you know Pop Bitch, you'll know it's really reliable and it's often broken stories years before they've come out. But otherwise, <laughs> if you just hear the name and you don't know what it is, you're probably doubting it. Pop Bitch. Pop bitch. <laughs> I do recommend it. Yeah. Bastion of independent journalism. <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> um, this, is, this is the stage where it's really starting to go wrong. I mean, I think we were looking at Graham Potter's record earlier and he, he won 12 games, but I think he might have had pretty much all those wins by this point. Where are we? We're sort of, getting into February, March. They're slipping into the bottom half. At that point, you like, he's not going to survive. I just couldn't see him getting sacked because of the amount we spent to get him in. It was like, can we actually sack this guy mid-season? We've just paid 21 million for him. Brighton is sitting there, stroking their chins. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, I, could, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't see him getting sacked at this stage. But yeah, obviously the writing was on the wall. Chelsea stay in the Champions League, but one of their fans does get knocked out. That's I was actually at this game. Were you? Were you? I was going to say, were you there? Yeah, yeah. I went to this game. Was it a yeah. West Ham game? Yeah, I was living in Hackney Wick at the time, so it's literally a stone's throw away from the flat. So I thought, you know, big away day out. And uh, yeah, it was actually quite a... No- I mean, it always is with West Ham, but it was like there was a bit of sort of... We were frustrated about how we were playing. I think West Ham were just being West Ham. And as you were walking in, there was just loads of just like nasty banter being thrown around and obviously poor Billy got stuck in the middle of it didn't he (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> See a mate of yours. <laughs> if you if you haven't seen the video, there's a uh, absolutely hilarious video of some Chelsea fans basically giving it the big end to West Ham fans, and one of them, this guy who's later identified as Billy Tarbuck. Um, not to not that we're trying to do a witch hunt here or anything. <laughs> is he a well-known Pokemon? Um, <laughs> he is now. He, he, uh, did you not he see gets knocked out by by a guy who looks a little bit like Ben Mitchell from yeah. Extenders? <laughs> <laughs> it was just little and large, wasn't it? And also, um, did you see the tweet he posted later from the hospital? Yeah, he's at that hospital in a wheelchair with his, with his thumb in the air, like, "Hey!" And then does, does his mum say something like, yeah. "Stop mucking around, Billy." <laughs> <laughs> Billy's still on his big day out. He has to be wheeled away after getting knocked out through the West Ham fans who are just going, Irons, Irons. <laughs> Tough old Dave, yeah. poor Billy. He's a great name for a Chelsea fan, actually. It's really, it sounds Billy almost Tom, made up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> poor bloke. The fans at this point are, are on Potter's back, right? And he gets pretty desperate in his bids to show that he's a man of the people. Uh, Graham's at a fan forum. And, you know, he wants to impress the Chelsea lads. This is his response to a question. What would your message be to these fans? It's an exciting end to the season that we can all look forward to, isn't it? Well, firstly, it's thank you, because they've, um, they've been incredibly fair, incredibly fair with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, they've stuck with the team. The support we've had has been amazing. Um... And we'll lead them on Saturday. We'll try and we'll try and beat Everton, and then we'll take the draw, and then we'll try and win the fucking Champions League. Yeah! <laughs> Just cheer. Win the fucking Champions League. <laughs> it's proper nine-year-old trying to impress your older cousins. Yeah, isn't yeah. yeah. he's just wet, yeah. isn't he? You know. <laughs> <laughs> try and beat Everton yeah, as well. Yeah, try. Yeah. Oh, it's quite sweet though. Yeah. Got a, yeah. To be fair, it goes down well with the fans, the swearing, doesn't it? It does get the hearty roar. Well, it's just that bit of emotion that we were looking for all season. But at this stage, it was like, come on, Graham. <laughs> Sounds a bit like a, a public schoolboy trying to impress a black cab driver. Yeah. <laughs> he could have, Insert uh, swear word here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not the only one firing out potty-mouthed uh, statements. Isabel Silva. 
I want to talk about Thiago Silva's wife. The notorious Isabel Silva. Since Thiago Silva joined Chelsea, Isabel has been an absolute favourite for me, mainly because every now and then she just pops up and gives some real shit out, to, normally to Thiago's teammates. So for, I, think, I think the first time we saw her in action was during the Champions League final, which Chelsea won. Timo Werner obviously was at his sort of misfiring worst, poor bloke. And uh, Isabel started referring to him on Instagram as Verm, which means worm or maggot in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> and and she, she, around this time, she reprises her assault on, on Chelsea. She goes on a Twitter live stream and calls Potter a deadbeat tacticless coach who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, that's your husband's boss. That's, yeah. She is a absolute firm fan favourite and um, every game she brings like two or three mates just for the lash but she know, she sits in the east stand which is like notoriously quiet she's up singing for like literally 90 minutes <laughs> oh, that's great. there's rumours that she has been escorted out because like, people want to watch the match and she's doing 10 men went to mo. do you know what I mean <laughs> you sometimes see her she does quite a lot of sometimes she'll watch away games from home and you'll see her like posting with like a bottle of rosé and you just I always picture Tiago coming home later and there's like two empty bottles and like a slab of dairy milk just <laughs> melting off her face she's asleep on the sofa <laughs> string of foul mouth tweets on her thing. <laughs> just... you do suspect Tiago is saying to her, please can you just stop making my teammates fucking hate yeah. me <laughs> nah, we love Isabel we love Isabel Potter probably doesn't love her so much and she's basically sealed his death warrant there. I think at, at the point at which the wives of the players are openly abusing you, you're done. And that crushing verdict is the fun, final nail in the coffin. It's early April when Graham Potter's sacked. Joint worst record in Chelsea's Premier League history. Do you know who his record matches? Is it not Frank Lampard now? <laughs> well, actually, I have to say, briefly held the record. <laughs> it might be a momentary record and then Frank Lampard. I'm, I'm excluding the Lampard's arrival afterwards. Hold my drink. <laughs> Glenn Hoddle. Really? Oh. Yeah, he must have had a really, I have to say, I think I was too young, but sort of 94, 95. Four-ish, yeah. Pre- He's still a fan favourite though, Glenn Is Hoddle. It? Yeah, well, people love him. Because as a player, him. he was incredible. Yeah, and I think it's the same for... Um, even though Lampard was absolutely shit, uh, he, I, I do feel like he will still be a fan favourite. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that. I think he deserved to keep the warmth. Also, Frank Lampard's never said that disabled people were evil in no. past lives. <laughs> <laughs> so Potter's gone, and after watching Todd spunk half a billion on players, Chelsea fans, are they're licking their lips, aren't they, about who the next manager's going to be? Who were the sort of rumours? Zidane? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ancelotti, Zidane, and then uh, I never read the one about Pep Guardiola, but I think... <laughs> I I know, that was, yeah. <laughs> um, but Ancelotti, for sure. Uh, and also, I think, yeah, going back to Zidane, sorry, he'd been linked with us for a number of seasons. We love that kind of profile of person. He would have just been my standout, but um, it yeah. didn't go that way, did it? No. Well, I mean, you, you'd hope in these scenarios that your club owner has a ring of really like well-informed seasoned football advisors around him. But according to Club Insiders, Bowley instead turns to his very good friend, chat show host, James Corden. (laughs) Chelsea's unofficial director of football, who advises him on who to hire. Uh, You can imagine some sort of carpool karaoke scenario where (laughs) Bowley gets in the car. (laughs) Tell me about your life and hire Frank Lampard. (laughs) James Corden's a West Ham fan, right? Yeah. Do you think there was some uh, bit of sabotage there? He's like, yeah, Frank, great manager, great manager. But didn't didn't, uh, 
didn't wasn't he shit last time? Yeah. Didn't, didn't didn't we have to sack him when we were like ninth or something? No, 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 no. Great, great, great manager, great manager. Have you, have you not seen what he's done at Everton? He's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Derby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Agent Corden. I think yeah. just from a fan perspective there, I do think there was a, um, I kind of understand the rationale of why they brought him in. Like we needed someone to galvanise the team, bring a bit of emotion back to the club, get the players going, but it just went catastrophically wrong. But also know? it was like, season's a write-off. Let's just like have a guy we like. If I'm yeah. not, not going to be yet screaming abuse at every week. Wasn't it? It was just kind of a, a way for Bowley to get the fans back on site. It's just an easy... Are we talking about James Corden or Frank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what they'd love to see in the stands. Yeah. James Corden. <laughs> Bit of Hollywood Maybe magic. Get, yeah. <laughs> Worked for Wrexham. <laughs> yeah, it was six six and six he lost, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, so yeah. he arrived and he'd only been sacked 15 months earlier by Chelsea when the team were ninth, which again looks mm. quite good in hindsight. Uh, but he, in that time, in the interim, he'd also been sacked by Everton, leaving them 19th. So it wasn't exactly a glowing... I think he'd lost sort of like his last 10 with Everton as well. Yeah, I think there, was a, there was a great start that he was winless in 20, 20 games. 20 games. Yeah, last half a season. Just with, yeah. There's a bit of like Mike Bassett, England manager <laughs> vibes here, isn't there? <laughs> or were you hoping there was going to be a turnaround? <laughs> Putting Benson and Hedges into the team. <laughs> Unfortunately, the plot to us never came. Yeah, he loses the first six, which is the first Chelsea manager to ever do that. Uh, nevertheless, Todd, Todd Bowley's in town to get spirits up, the eternal optimist, because Lampard arrives quite close to the knockout game against Real Madrid, which is, I guess that's a free hit, actually, playing Real Madrid in the Champions League. Todd arrives and he's confidently telling cameras before the game, Chelsea is going to win 3-0. I mean... Chelsea is, it's just like, mate, you're going to have to say Chelsea are. We're in England now. They do end up being beaten quite comfortably, 2-0. I mean, 2-0 loss to Real Madrid, there's no shame in that, but it was just tits up elsewhere, wasn't it? Yeah, I think just to know from previous seasons, we had, uh, we did, we were quite good at upsets and shocks. So there was a sort of, um, I was at that game as well, and there was a sort of a feeling that we might do something here. And then we were completely outplayed and outclassed. And at that stage, we were like, right, you know. Season done. Um, Bowley gets heckled at a game soon after that, doesn't he? By the fans, he's like involved. There are videos of him sort of turning around and screaming yeah. at some yeah. some fan. Couple of geezers in Stone Island, and then he's <laughs> in his blue blazer. I'm guessing that's not you. Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's the again. It's the East Stand. That's no. It? He sits above the West End. He's okay. just above. But it's not actually that naughty in the West End. But I just think at that point, everyone just wanted to have a go at him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When I've sat there as an undercover Newcastle fan, it's like mainly tourists yeah. yeah 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 yeah. it's where you get the comfy seats yeah it's lovely yeah but mm. it is mm. <laughs> um, and is this the moment of the infamous Bowley storming into the dressing room yeah so I think I don't know I think that was maybe the final straw for Bowley was fans heckling him it's like alright this has got personal now I need to take matters into my own hands so he um, storms down to the dressing room not with any kids this time, apparently, <laughs> as far as I know, <laughs> though I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, and apparently goes on a huge rant at the at the squad, tells them they're embarrassing, which is a bit rich for a bloke who picked a 4-4-3 formation. <laughs> but, you know, with Ronaldo um, up front. With Ronaldo <laughs> up front, yeah. Hey, yeah. Centre forward. <laughs> um, and he supposedly singles out Raheem Sterling. Yeah, which I think is unfair. I'm, I'm a big Raheem fan. Yeah, I think... Uh, 
always think Raheem gets unfairly picked on by England fans as well. I think he's, yeah. But Raheem has come out recently and actually singled out the ownership. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, really? Oh, has he? Yeah. He said that there, there just needs to be one voice at all times and, you know, too much outside noise and, and uh, sort of noise from above can affect the team, which is basically saying, Bowie, can you do one? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Fair play to him. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they do just need a director of football, don't they? Todd Bowley is the director of football still, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's why it's a nightmare, isn't it? You think Todd Bowley will stay? I think he's got to, hasn't he? <laughs> You're in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim? <laughs> you know that offer? <laughs> Put a call into Qatar. <laughs> anyway, at this point, Frank's obviously just an interim manager and uh, Bowley's big pep talk, if you want to call it that, does work. Chelsea do avoid relegation. And then talks obviously turning to who's the manager going to be. And after a season of chaos and cash spunking frivolity, the fans, well, JP, you tell me, but I think the fans were licking their lips when the name Mauricio Pochettino was mentioned. Yeah, I think it was just because anything just to do Spurs over is great. And we knew yeah. how much they wanted Pochettino. And, and obviously that was sort of personally my number one choice just because he is just so, yeah, I think you said it here, data driven. And I think he'd suit the team a lot. But yeah, just anything to do over Spurs was just, uh, was great. Is he data driven though? Well, he's, he's supposed to be the sort of methodical. <laughs> yeah, like methodical right? yeah, but wasn't there, I remember when he was at um, Spurs, these stories came out. I think he talked about it himself in interviews that he keeps a bowl of lemons on his on his desk to soak up bad energy <laughs> is this true um, yeah yes. yeah yeah no it's like he's he literally talks about yeah, it he picks his team based on the player's aura here we go again apparently the lemons normally last 10 days but <laughs> depending depending on how much bad juju has been in the room um he'll sometimes have to change them them every three or four days because this is his words the lemons become bad oh here we've got the actual quote Pochettino told talk sport in 2019 that they are there to get rid of bad energy sometimes people arrive with bad energy and that goes into the lemons it's like a barrier a sponge they take away all the negativity and you can see it's unbelievable <laughs> got sacked about three months later didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> could just see him at, um, at Cobham planting a, a grove of a grove of lemon trees. A lemon tree. Yeah. I mean, it's better than buying a dog and calling it Win, which yeah. is what Mikel Arteta did. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. All these guys who, again, you're like you're at the top of your profession. You're obviously clearly really intelligent. They've all got this like quirk. Yeah, we'll call it. Was a quirk. it? Was it? Um, who was the? I think Raymond Dominic, the France manager, who used to pick players based on their star signs. <laughs> and he had a. He um. He apparently had a, a big mistrust of, I think it was Scorpios. Um, because he was like, when, whenever I have a Scorpio in my team, uh, I always know they're going to do something stupid. Or, yeah. It's an Elka, isn't it? An Elka Scorpio? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it's someone who never, who, a really great French player who never got many caps because he was a Scorpio and Dominic was the yeah. coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Glenn Hoddle, I've seen an episode on him. He had, he had what was her name? Eileen something, the faith healer. Didn't he bring her to the World Cup or is that not he true? He did, yeah. He brought Faith here to the World Cup. Can you imagine getting onto the plane and Faith's there? <laughs> I mean, I'll tread carefully here. My wife's a sound meditation teacher, but that's proven in science. Love you, Liz. So Todd Bowling, is he an unlucky innovator who's basically been really generous with his cash and just needs a bit more time? Or is he a clueless yank? Uh, I mean, he's clearly a clueless yank <laughs> I think I think, well, I think, I think there can't really be any question about it. I think he's I think he's somewhere in between the two he's definitely a clueless yank but I think he's also 
I think he's probably bitten off more than he can chew. I think he thought that he could come in there and just transpose a lot of the ideas that worked in the US over here. And it just hasn't, you know, it's, it's a completely different system, a completely different game. And I think with the right people around him, he's clearly got the money to put in and I think it could work out long term. I think as Raheem Sterling said, he just needs to take a step back. He needs a footballing director. He needs to take a step back, stop predicting results before they happen, stop turning up to the changing rooms. Just yeah, get the fuck out, mate. <laughs> get out of my club. <laughs> Your club. Is, I, w- I always find this at this stage of the podcast that I then drift back to enormous sympathy for these guys. And I do always think... It's so much harder now than it was 10, 15 years ago. I mean, look at Man United. Like, that's been a really hard journey back, and they're by no means back to the level they want to be at. It's hard assembling squads. It's so much more competitive now. But he was just too public. If he'd just been the Abramovich quiet guy in the background, you know, the the other Americans who have come in, the Glazers, all right, they're fucking unpopular. Henry at Liverpool, like, they've just been quite silent and let, let the football do the talking. And there's going to be more of these American guys, right? It's coming. Well, yeah, I mean, has a, 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 a Bournemouth been bought, right? But the American way is this thing, like it, when they win the Super Bowl, the owner lifts the trophy, which is just mental to mm. me, to any English fan. So clearly there's been some arrogance on, on Bowley's behalf in that way. I think it's going to simmer down a lot. I think he's got to, and I feel like Pochettino has got the right amount of arrogance, the right amount of experience, right just amount to, of lemons, right amount of lemons, <laughs> just to make the sauce work, you know. Yeah, I think that's right. Finally, then predictions: Chelsea, where do they finish next <clears throat> season? I'm going to go top six. So sixth. See, I don't. <laughs> we're not going to get Champions League. I don't think. I think it's going to be a really strong season for a lot of teams, including Newcastle. Um. I could see, yeah, fifth or sixth. I'm with you. I was going to say either fifth or sixth. Yeah, I think Champions League will be a push. It's just going to be another season of transition, I think, because there's going to be a massive turnover of players. New manager, still chaotic, clueless owner. I'd say sixth. Purely for fun and because you won't have the distraction of Europe, I'm going to say you get fourth and Champions League football, which I think would be a shock to everyone. But I want to be the guy who said, told you so. Fair play. Equally, I would love the wheels to come off for another season. Yes. Guys, thanks so much for joining. I'm Jack Rivlin. You've been listening to the Upshot podcast. JP Lockwood, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure, gents. Thank you very much. We'll have you on again very, very soon. Get me on. And Zachary Sweeney Lynch, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.